0: Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580 5436 580 KIDO is our number. If you prefer email, that's great. It's dave at petzlefinancial.net. You know what? I I dug through an email um, that was sent a couple months ago, and I'll get to this later. But I'm sorry. Sometimes I'd miss it, you know, right? It comes later in the show. But Give us another try if you uh, have if that's ever happened in the past. But uh, I'll be talking about that one later because I, I typically I flag them and then I go back and make sure I get them. And I'm oh my gosh, I forgot to answer that one. So we'll get that one uh, answered in the second hour today. You know, I I had this question yesterday, and it's just fascinating that it comes up. Um, so I met uh, an individual, you know, on a personal level for the first time. And um, he, he goes, you know, hey, do, do you do a radio? He's new to the area. Do you do radio? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And, uh, you know, I, I do. He goes, I thought I heard your name on there and, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so he goes on and he goes, what do you think about gold? So he obviously hasn't been listening, right? <laughs> so uh, I, but I'm asked that question. And I really got to think about it last night. It was like, that is just interesting that out of the blue, Wants to know about gold, and and I, I find that just kind of odd. Maybe indicative of what we watch and read, because it's not. It's really, in my mind, is not an investment. It's a hiding in fear thing. It's a because it doesn't produce anything. It's not a piece of property that produces rent, food, whatever. Um, it's you know, it's not. A stock that has dividends and cash flow—it's not. It doesn't produce any income at all. It produces nothing, like literally nothing. It's a—it's a brick, and, and and yet this illusion of value and all just persists and persists and persists. You know, I've talked about all these numbers before, and and, and it's absurd. You know, whether it's a forty-year number, the gold was at eight hundred an ounce, the Dow was at eight hundred. And when you add the dividends back in, it's Dow ninety thousand versus two thousand for gold. You know, and it's, well, what about deflation? You're deflating everything. It's, well, I'm deflating everything. Is correct? The value of gold after inflation is less than it was forty years ago. But that's not true of stocks or bonds even. So I I'm 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 always puzzled by it. It got me thinking about it a little bit. Not here just to beat up on gold or gold bugs. I mean, gosh, it's just that's not that's not my point. My point is why? Why why psychologically do we gravitate to this? To to the doom and gloom that that, that this is the only thing that'll work, but it's never actually worked. And it really doesn't make sense as this representation of my investment plan. What do you mean your investment plan? It just doesn't produce anything. It's its a brick. That's not an investment plan. You're not building a business that generates cash flow, you know, on and on. For gosh sakes, at least even at the bank now, believe it or not, they actually pay something if you, you know, put it in a CD or something. Money markets are over five, and you can have your money tomorrow. It, I. I don't, I just... I'm confused. And so, again, I don't have the answer as much as asking the question of all of us. Why do we gravitate to that? To something that's not even an investment? Why would I do that? And once again, it was I wasn't. I'm not putting the person down. It's just that's indicative of, oh, okay, because I think every other commercial on Fox News is gold or vitamins, I think. It's a lot anyway, right? I mean, it's a lot. And radio, our beloved KIDO, is worse. You know, I'm Ron Paul. I've been wrong my whole life. (laughs) I buy gold. I guess Ron Paul is is the old man, right? Or maybe they both feel exactly... I don't know. I don't understand. There's nothing wrong with saying we need to go back to the gold standard or something like that. I understand that's a... A currency argument, a stability of currency argument, understood. You, as economic theory, you can certainly argue that. What is not understanding for me is that this is this asset class that produces nothing that we call an investment that makes is not an investment. It's not an investment because to to what point do you have the investment? The end of the world. Well, how do you then transact business if the end of the world is here? You don't. So I, I'm just—that's what's puzzling to me. And then, and it leads me to think in a bigger way. What am I missing myself? Right? Not just about gold. Not not, not about gold. About my own bias. What am I? What am I? What am I? Actually, what perspective do I have? That's incorrect. This may be, a, you know, that I'm looking past the problems. And what we do when we're caught in a place of fear, what do we do that's crazy? Because it seems crazy to me to be tying up all my money in something that produces nothing. What am I going to live on? Oh, well, I'm going to wait for the end of the world, and so I'm going to live very poorly, very meekly, not fully— because I'm producing no income, it doesn't. I don't understand it, and so that's that it's to me. It's not like oh well, you know, don't ignore all the bad news, do all this. It, but it does. It brings up that human question for all of us: What am I seeing wrong? What What am I What am I doing? based on historical evidence and, and actually just like common sense to me, like it produces nothing. It can't be an investment. Okay. I, I, I think that's – can it ever produce something? No. It's a brick. It's pretty much useless for anything. What it is – basically, if I, if I said, well, I, I like copper – Okay, well, you can use that. So maybe what you do is you buy a ton of copper and pile it up somewhere because you think it's going to go up in value to turn it into wiring. Now, companies will actually do that in the futures market. Why? Because maybe what they do is that's what the company does. They make wire or they buy tons of wire for whatever industrial purpose they have. And so they don't want to find themselves paying double for copper a year later. Gold doesn't have that. Gold's not used for anything except, of course, fear. That's the odd thing about it. That's the different thing. And I, I'm not saying copper is an investment. I understand why people might be hedging copper and things like that. Corporations, if you will. All right, we got to take a quick break, and our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzlFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzlFinancial.net. And, uh, you know, I I, I just got an email about um, Bitcoin being used, or if you will, blockchain, whatever, uh, being used to hedge a strong U.S. dollar, and and uh, honestly, I don't I don't know that if nations will do that. They're trying to um, come up with digital currencies anyway. And the reality is, of course, and the fear for some people is that they'll track them and take advantage of them because they're say conservatives, um, and and or whatever it is. The reality is, I think. That governments are really pushing for this globally because of tax cheating. It's easy on a digital scale to track a person's real receipts. If you pay your contractor with a check or cash, they may or may not be reporting it. That's up to them. But the government can't know all of that. And so that's, uh, you know, that's part of the, uh, if you will, the push is to take uh, and so when the if you will the liberals who are always after the rich for to pay, to pay their fair share of taxes of course which since the top 1% pays almost 50% of the taxes if you can imagine that and 50% don't pay any income taxes it, it, we are all obviously that see that's that's the whole point we need to ha- actually have a discussion about it right instead of just yelling at each other but they're the ones that in fact are going after the small contractors. Big business pays their taxes because they have to. Everything is on, is disclosed. So business pays their, quotes fair share of taxes, as do the wealthy because they're the, ones that are the only ones really that are audited. But that won't be the case in the future. And that's interesting, right? Where we're all after the small person, but we're really gonna go get the small person is the reality. And I'm not saying it's right to cheat on your taxes. That's just what it is. Those are the ones that are. You know, it's just, I I can't take cash. I'm not allowed to. The SEC says no. Of course not. Of Of course you can't. How are they going to track it and know if I'm, like, you know, putting it in my offshore bank account instead of putting it in investments? Of course they do. Of course it's illegal. And it is in most all businesses, but not all. So it is going after the smallest of businesses, for sure. For sure. All right, so we've uh, got—so anyway, I'm sorry, I don't really know. But, yeah, they're going to go digital. They are, but I don't know if it's as necessarily a hedge against a strong U.S. dollar. I think people are going to gravitate to the strongest currency, period, because that's how you keep your purchasing power, right? That's how you do it. All right, this is stunning to me. I I just—really stunning. Do you know that we've been up 12 out of the last 13 weeks in a row? 12 out of the last 13 weeks, the market's been up. That's ridiculous. It's not unheard of, but it's ridiculous. Let's say it's in the top you know, 1% of 13-week periods. It doesn't happen very often. Okay, so here's the stunning part of it, right? I mean, things happen. You know, yeah, we're in the middle of a roaring bull market. Are we? Does it feel like that? <laughs> is, this, is it broad enough? Is it tiny enough? And and here's my point with all the chatter and all the you know gnashing of teeth about what the market is. It's too high. It's too this. It's too that. We can't go any higher. How can Nvidia be worth you know six hundred dollars a share until it goes to seven hundred? Really, really, the, the discussion. How can it be three hundred? How can it be four hundred? Or you can't can't be five hundred. It's way too high. It's never been here. You know, I've seen white papers on how Nvidia, hundreds of points ago, can't be there. Any more than the market itself can be where it is. Based on Case Shiller and all these other really important wrong way indicators. Because that's all they are, are indicators. They're not predictive. And there's so many other things that are coming in around the edges that you just have to acknowledge. I'm not telling you to go buy NVIDIA. What I'm saying is, I don't know what price NVIDIA can be. Because they own the chip market that makes AI work. Will they always own it? Of course not. But they own it now. What is that worth in an industry that is not doubling? It's going up much more than that every year. And takes unbelievable amount of computing power to do. In other words, we want your product so badly, we will pay you anything for it. And that's like, not me, that's everybody. 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 I don't know. I'm not saying go buy it. I'm not saying that at all. You've heard our disclosures. Come on. This is not a buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. It's just t- saying when we sit around and we say something can't be worth this much. Hmm. Does that make sense? Is that how we think about it? I well, shouldn't. Should not. Because we're, really the reality is, is we have to stop as we go periodically and say, does the case Schiller report have anything to do with technology companies that own the world? Or can we just take a step back and go, I-, I need to own these. I don't need to trade them. I just need to own some of this stuff. And that maybe the world is shifting that way. And so, yes, the prices go up, the ratios go up, and so on. But they keep winning. And so, anyway, we'll talk more about that because... Here we are, record highs, and it doesn't feel like it at all. And Wall Street's not saying you should party at all. We'll be back after Fox News. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. And if you prefer email, it's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. You know, we've been talking about 12 out of 13 weeks in a row. We're at record highs in the S&P. 23 wasn't supposed to happen as it did. I've already talked about that extensively, so I don't need to talk about that more. In other words, everybody missed it. And, 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 and it's not that you can predict the future, and, and it's not to put everybody down. It's just those that didn't miss it were basically just owning the great corporations of the world. For their cash flow, dividends, their amazement. And not deciding whether the P.E. ratios were too high or too low, what the interest rates was going to be, when the Fed was going to cut or not cut, raise the next time. All of those things that, that we focus on day to day in so many ways misses the greatness of these companies like they're trading tickets, and they're not. An investment in stock, which was, again, back to the fundamentals, is buying a share or multiple shares, a piece of an existing business, meaning you own a piece of all of the cash flows, all of the dividends, all of that stuff. And maybe we need to kind of think about it, <clears throat> if you will, and just a broader, higher-level look at it to understand why this idea of P.E. ratios doesn't work. Oh, it's like that's what the people said in 1999. No, they did not. These were companies that didn't have earnings. Different ball game. It's not the same. People want to. We all do, right? Because if I can relate it to some period in the past, then I can draw my correlation forward, and then I know the future with accuracy, and you don't. And the sooner we get over this comparison game, the sooner it leads us away from trying to predict the future, which you will get wrong. That's not how to manage it. The question that I have is, do I want to own companies like Amazon, Google, Google, Apple, Netflix, and even Meta, the devil company. Probably so. Do I want to trade them? No. Are, are there times when they spike and then yay, yay team, I want to then take and harvest some gains? Sure. Or, or maybe when it's up a little bit, even if I have to pay taxes, I do want to sell some in order to do what? Oh, there's this new player coming along that owns the world. I think I want to go buy some of that. Is there a way to be thinking differently about their quotes, PE ratios when they invest literally tens of billions back into the business every year, which means that's expensed and reduces their earnings, which increases their PE ratio to sky high valuations? Not sustainable. Is it are these the companies that instead of doing what HP did which was try to if you will do financial accounting to make value let's break it into little pieces and sell them off. No, no, no. If we cut R&D, it'll raise our earnings up. Yeah, let's cut R&D down. That will go well for the future. Are these companies the opposite of that? <clears throat> I think they are. They certainly have been unafraid to take moonshots. Now, to the point where you go, you guys can't. you got to be kidding me. You can't do that. And then they go, you know, you're right. So what did Meta do last year? Hey, apparently we're not going to create this giant playground all by ourselves. Is maybe isn't the, quite the future that I thought it would be and they cut cost and their stock doubled because they quit just throwing money away they're making plenty of money but they didn't stop and you know stop reinvesting in everything altogether not at all they put it down to a more manageable level you can't cut yourself to prosperity Honestly, we talk about that as a as simple, simple, small things like a, a country club. We talk about that all the time. You can't make cuts and become more prosperous. You add things. You spend money in R&D to create new things. It doesn't always work. But when it does, it pays for all the other stuff. Do drug companies not spend billions and then... Fail like Gilead's famously did here about ten days ago, and their stock just got crushed. They'd spent a billion dollars. Failed, or as Thomas Edison said, they found another way it wouldn't work. It's this is the process when people go and they do these things, and and they keep going. Are we maybe coming back? to the way the old HPs, the old IBMs were in the days before they were decimated. And by the way, maybe IBM's making a comeback. I don't know. We'll see. But the point here I'm making is don't we maybe add back R&D to kind of have a better understanding of what a company is really earning, what their cash flow really is? I think we do, and I think we are. And so P.E. ratios are misstated because companies get to expense and should get to expense for gosh sakes. We really want them to grow and come up with new stuff. They should expense their R&D. But it lowers profits and increases future profits and growth. And, and when we don't change the way we look at things, then we we don't change. And the world has changed and moved on us. We become dinosaurs, and it's true. And, it, and so we think about all these things, like if you if x plus y is z all the time. That's the way we think, but it may not be true because maybe things shifted. And so if we if we push the economy in one way, does it react the same way as it did in 1973? No, it doesn't because the economy is not the same. The world is not the same. And we must adjust to it and we must adjust to the fact that interest rates aren't zero anymore but what does that really mean to the big companies and we have to be constantly thinking about that what does it mean to gold okay well it means that pretty brick you have sitting over in the corner costs you more because you could be putting that into a treasury bond Because the only reason to buy a hunk of gold is because you're scared of the world. So the other alternative would be a treasury bond. And they're getting four and five now. Not zero. So the alternative is like way better. Well, that's true of stocks. Absolutely. Which is why 22 happened, right? Right. We went down, now we went up, we're at record highs, and now we're all running around trying to figure out why and justify it or not justify it. Explain it. Explain why I was so wrong and, and tried to keep you out of the market in 23, says analyst Bob. Followed by Pete and Jane and all the other analysts who are wrong because we can't they can't be right. We're all wrong about the future by some magnitude. That's the fact. That's how it always has been. By some magnitude, you are wrong. It just happens to be that most people got it wrong by so far that it was really quite damaging if you followed their advice. Quite damaging. Not a small magnitude. Which is why we need to understand, with great humility, you don't know, I don't know, nobody knows the future, but God. And that's really the only way to think about it. Because we do carry a tremendous amount of arrogance with how we think we know stuff. How we're figuring things out. But what it ends up doing for all of us, and that's why this examination all of the time needs to occur, what am I missing what's what's the big blind spot that i i I have is there one and keep examining it and looking at it because we can and most certainly do most all the time dig deeper into what we already believe in other words we dumb ourselves down we become more certain of our opinion right or wrong And no consideration of the alternative. None. We're not open to it because I've got all the data that proves I'm right. And my belief system is perfect. Let me tell you another data point why. I'm not listening to what you're saying. I'm just going to tell you, I'll wait till you breathe and then I'll interject, yeah, well, what about? Because I've got this data for you. I'm not really listening, I'm just regurgitating. And I'm not taking in what I could be missing. And it's a constant thing we have to do all the time. I cannot imagine, for example, being stuck in a 1980s world for investment and saying, gold's the only thing working. energy's the only thing working. You, you should only own those things. And then stay with that for 40 years. know that any time the money supply goes up or interest rates go to zero for too long, we will have hyperinflation. And then it doesn't happen, but I'm stuck to it. I'm married to that decision. And I will not waver. Let me, let me get some more data on economic theory for that, not, wait a minute, something's different. Something's different. It would be like saying value, buying value stocks or value investing is just the same as it was when 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 Warren Buffett started seventy years ago. They don't think it is at all. They don't think you can buy these little what they called cigar butts for nothing. Or buy a little piece of the company and get the rest of it for free. That's not available anymore. So it's changed. And the way people look at companies has changed. Is it all based on a PE ratio? If so, how come you didn't load up on China? Because maybe you thought there's other things going on, rule of law, other things that don't fit into the PE ratio. What about the P-E ratio in Europe, if we're stuck on that? It has been for 20 years at record gaps to the U.S. Because it ought to be, because they don't do anything. They don't create much there. And that's the thing we have to be changing with times. It doesn't mean that now we go embrace NVIDIA and other crazy AI things without thinking about it. It's understanding that we have to be moving and changing with the times and not predicting the future. Let the future be. Let's get money in front of the things, but not this all or none. And when I think I say I say get in front of the things, a great email. I'll shift to this, right. This was a couple months ago from Randy. Thank you Randy, and I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you. I I, I just I, I put a flag on it. And I lost it. But thank goodness I put a flag on it because I saw it yesterday. So anyway, here's your, here's your answer. Can you help me find an AI fund? I did well with some other stuff years ago that you recommended on there. Okay? Let me tell you what you can do. And we, we have to kind of avoid names. And this is the one I like. And this is the way you should go. And you can see that for obvious reasons. Number one, that's not what this show's about. It's about your question. Exactly what you are talking about. I want to put money in front of AI. I do too. What's the best way to do that? I hear you, man. That's exactly right. So think about it in multiple ways, okay? So who is in charge of AI right now? Well, no, nobody's really in charge of it, but what do we who's who's the leading people now? Why, it's the giant big tech people, right? It's Microsoft. It's Nvidia because they make the chips. Who else is it? Well, it's Amazon who's going to be an amazing benefactor of it. Apple, same thing. But I don't know. What else are they going to do? I don't know. We'll see. Apple's kind of secretive. When will they pop up with something else new? I don't know. When will they put AI inside their watch? Oh, that's already happening. What will that What will that look like, right? <clears throat> All these things. These are the companies because they've got the resources and they're spending them in R&D. No, they're not spending them. They're shooting them out of a cannon. They are hyper-spending in this space right now. And they're going to find results. So that's AI number one. The companies that already have AI exposure and tons of money to continue to pursue it and would benefit greatly. Number two, you've got AI companies everywhere you look. You don't think Honeywell or Raytheon, any of the defense contractors are going to use AI to figure out how to engineer their stuff better? Of course they are. All will benefit. All. So all companies everywhere, those that are on the cutting edge will be quicker to show those results. That's true too. But here's my point. When you're looking at that, go on, and all you have to do is Google. We did at the office, and now we have a we're are scheduling a conference call with one of them to do what to d- dive deeper into it and find out what theirs is compared to the other four we found that we want to understand better. Why would we use you? And they're called ETFs, exchange traded funds, and they'll be. Another dozen next month or the month after. There's lots of them out there. Why? Because AI is hot. And you can make money by saying AI ETF. People throw money at it. There's so many iterations. One of them we looked at had 15% of of its holdings were in NVIDIA. That's it. Okay, well, I, I don't really think that's what I'm looking for. But maybe I am. I need to look overall. Do I want to own more Google and Amazon because they're benefactors and called AI companies, I, I I already own them here. So I think you have to model it kind of after your own. What are you looking for? And so one of the things we came up with for us, and that's what we're digging into, I haven't heard of any of these companies, right? That's the one I wanna to talk to. So that's who we're having the conference call with. Compare yours to everyone else, tell us what's going on. That And that way then we can begin our process of determining one or two of those that we do want to use somewhere in some of the growth areas. But do I want to take a shotgun approach at little companies that I don't know anything about? Maybe that's my angle with the ETF. Maybe there, someone else is, wants to be including all of the big dogs as well. So, Randy, thank you for the question got us actually um, working with one of our new guys to have him do the research and understand what we were looking for. So it was really a perfect opportunity for us to dig in a little bit deeper and learn a little bit more about some of the subsets of AI. When I was out there, I'll I'll throw this in as well. When I was out there um, uh, on a recent due diligence trip, goes back a couple months, but recent enough, uh, went to T. Rowe Price. And they did a whole presentation on the on the AI and how, how they're trying to find benefactors before everybody knows it. In other words, we all know NVIDIA, sure. Okay. We all know Google. Sure. We all know Microsoft. We got it. The big guys, we all know, and their prices reflect that. Are there some that are gonna leap forward more quickly? And that's where that, you know, so they walk through all that. And I I thought it was fascinating. And that's really the point, right? Of looking for some of the smaller names in AI through an ETF. So you have a shotgun approach and you're more likely to hit your target when you've got 50 BBs blowing out than you are with a rifle and find you hit the wrong company and it goes bust. Okay. Great question. Thank you very much. Lee Joe, hang on. i got to take a quick break, and we're going to grab you on the other side. Appreciate you hanging in there. Our number, 580-5436-580-KIDO. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Uh, 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at Petzofinancial.net if you prefer email. And let's go ahead and go to the phones. Lee Joe, thank you for holding. Go ahead, please.
1: Hey, good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, well, So my first question is, has the Fed managed the soft landing? And the corollary to that is, if they've managed the soft landing and gas ends up at $2.50 on election day, does Joe Biden get reelected?
0: Well, that's a fair question. I don't know. I think it has more to do with the fact that he can't figure out, you know, which door he's supposed to walk out of um than anything yeah, else I, I, honestly i don't i don't i don't know his own party thinks he's too old so do i think that's electable i don't know but i'm also watching on the other hand um we can't come up with somebody better that, than somebody who stands up there and, and insults one of the most popular governors in the country uh as he wins i won and therefore the governor is stupid the governor is a moron. And, and by the way, Nikki Haley is too. And, and she's bad. And this is, you know, and and it's like, wow, that's going to be our gracious president. That's the guy we're going to be all fired up about. I don't know who wins. I don't know. It's so weird. You would normally go, hey, if the economy is okay, then the incumbent is clearly going to win. But the incumbent is the guy that lit the world on fire, has an open border policy that nobody likes that is now showing its damage, and we haven't even had a terrorist attack because of it yet, and we will. And so we go on and on and on and on, and we go, how in the world are we in this political position? Um, is, makes it so, I think, Lee-Joe, you can't really say uh, in any normal way what this election is about. I mean, is it really, in the, in the end, about six states, and then each of them has about six counties, and which way do they go, and which way do the women vote? Um, You know, yeah, I think it actually is. And so we can all make machinations about the economy and so on and so forth. And back to your first question, have they engineered a soft landing? Maybe I'll call it this, a soft landing or a very light little um, recession. Either way, I'd kind of sort of call it a soft landing. But I, I, I know they have all these fun words for it and all. We were pretty negative last year for a couple of quarters. The board chose not to call it a recession. I don't think we're out of the woods by any stretch now for inflation, interest rates, anything coming down, because we this is all a brand new experiment. We decided to to, to print trillions of dollars. We've never done this before. And it's way overused to say it's unprecedented, but it really is in this case. So we have no comparison to say uh, according to economic theory, we're here. We made it or where it is. No, we have no comparison. We've never been here before. We truly haven't. And so let's just continue to look at what's going on around us and not make decisions about what's going to happen. Yes, I'm afraid if the economy is really good, it makes Joe look good. Um, I, I just think it's up to Trump,, uh, you know, deciding he's going to continue to explode. But I don't think he can control himself. It's he he didn't for four
1: years. Why would he now? No, he no, he can't. That's why we lost the the. That's why we lost the house in the middle of his term is because he just continued on on Twitter. Oh, you forgot he also lost
0: years. the twenty election, the twenty one election in Georgia, and he lost twenty two.
1: Exactly, and, and so yeah, we're gonna, just going to lose
0: five in a row. I mean, it's not enough. So let's keep. I I think he ought to come back in whenever. You know, every every two years to come out and make sure Republicans lose. I think it's a great strategy that we have.
1: Anyway, I I, I
0: digress. I leave it alone.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed his COVID strategy. Just listen to Fauci and do whatever he says and, and let the governors <laughs> become tyrants. That's great. Yeah, it's, anyway. uh,
0: you know, we're in a weird world. So, Lee Joe, you make a good point. Um, did the Fed ma- manage to software? We're not out of the woods yet, but I, I'm not going to predict it. I'm saying we're, we got slow, super slow growth. We have too much... Um, we, we're trying to act too much like China. We, we wonder how big the government should get uh, and, and not talk about how small it needs to get. These are problems for us, and, and both parties are problematic on this. They do not understand that more government— not balancing the budget, that's not the problem. The government share of the economy has gotten to record levels for peacetime, and that was many percentages ago, which means we are stuck— in slow or zero growth forever because government doesn't grow economies. People do.
1: Which brings up which brings up a third question I had for you. And, you know, with all the money being printed and you're saying bonds are, you know, got 5% interest now, as I recall, they're, you know, they keep releasing these bonds and they haven't had, for a very long time, they haven't had much interest in anybody buying the bonds and the Fed is actually buying its own debt. Uh, and... and you know, basically that this failure of the money supply has already happened because the the Fed is the one buying the debt.
0: Now, that's overstated, Lee Joe, and I'll tell you why, okay? I'm not a bond expert okay. by any stretch, okay? But what I am is uh, just sitting back and looking at, at where interest rates are, okay? They're where they are because right now the United States is the best actor in a bad neighborhood in the world not just the U.S. or the U.S. government, <clears throat> trusts our paper more than it trusts anybody else's. Therefore, interest rates are at a sustainably low level, really. And otherwise, it would balloon out. Governments can't, for very long, control interest rates. They can't do it without the trust of the markets, and the markets are still trusting. So don't read too much into that, Lee Joe. Do not read too much into that. It's a very favorite part of the fearmonger. Uh, crowd right now. Don't read too much into it. Trust your own logic. If that were true, interest rates would have to be a lot higher, and they're not. So be careful when you're reading things that are like, well, the only way that this one didn't fail, that might be technically true. It might also not be technically true, but it definitely isn't true that it failed by some magnitude to cause interest rates to collapse or I'm sorry, bond prices to collapse and interest rates to skyrocket. It isn't happening. And so at some point, you have to stop and go, those guys say this all the time, and it isn't true. And stop reading them. All right, Lee Joe, I got to right. go. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Have, a, have a great day. And we do have to take a quick break here for Fox News. And then on the other side, it's 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. I can't believe we're rolling along here. We've got a couple of segments left, and that's it, that's, it, that's it, for another week. So give us a call. We'll be happy to take your calls. All right, so, uh, oh, and if you prefer email, Dave at petsofinancial.net, if I didn't say so. Here is uh, an email. Appreciate your program. Hi, Dave. I appreciate your program. Speak a little to the person who buys land instead of participating in 401ks, mutual funds, et cetera, because they do not trust stock, 401ks, et cetera. I am 59 and have a nice mutual fund balance and that I see as converting to income. Mm-hmm. I also have bare real estate, but that, only provides, that provides income only if I sell it. Having both is good, but it seems real estate should come after 401k, Mutual funds, et cetera. Does that make sense? Thank you. All right, Dick, so here's the deal. Yes, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, they do come first, and, and I think about this in a couple of different ways and try to explain it a couple different ways. Number one, you do have to have income. So that uh, the, the bare land, if you want to walk around it and have an investment or call it an investment, um, an investment in the future. How's that? Um, or you just want to have bare ground. It's what makes you feel safe. If you take care of the other things, I don't really care what you do with your money. And you know, whether you take trips around the world and, and, and do that, you buy boats, which are, you know, obviously very depreciating um, assets, or whatever it is, right, that people want to do. That's your money. Once you put it aside and you have enough income and cash flow for life, that's great. So it should come, actually, real estate in this case, far and away second, Okay. Uh, and, and I'm not sure how good an investment anything is. If it's not producing income, it's only producing property taxes, right? And maybe it produces some income because you lend it out for farming or whatever it is or ranching. I get it. Maybe that covers your taxes. Lots of things to think about. But but really, I think it boils down to this too. Well, I'm not comfortable in stocks. Okay. Why don't we get comfortable? Well, I'm not comfortable. Why don't we get comfortable? No other investment has been easier to make. No other investment has performed as well, not even close, ever, through good times. Well, I'm not comfortable. You know, I remember it crashed in 87. Yep, came back to all-time highs, too, like almost like months later. Yeah, but I remember what happened to the dot-com button. Yeah, I do. And if you bought air.com that had zero earnings and – Did that, you lost all your money on air.com. But the market itself, the whole ball of wax, went down and came back to all-time highs. For a lifetime of 10% returns, nothing else is close. And it produces cash flow and dividends, da-da-da-da. I'm not comfortable. I get it. Okay? Well, I'm not comfortable with lots of things. I don't, like, wake up in the morning and want to go get on the treadmill. I was particularly sore today. I don't want to do things and we have to do things. Would I rather eat cake or food that's good for my body? Yeah. Would I rather drink too much or would I rather feel good? Hmm. We make choices all the time. And to sit there and say, I don't like it, is saying, I'm ignorant and I don't care. To heck with you. So I'm not saying all people do that. It's it's like I'm uncomfortable is not an answer. It's saying I'm uncomfortable. Help me understand better. You don't have to do it my way. But the thing is, this works. And to simply say, So I, I, I agree with you 100%. It has to, the 401K, the resources to provide income have to come first. They have to. Because otherwise, you won't have the income to sustain the property or even live life if you don't. And the sooner we start, the better. And that's why, I, you know, especially with young people, well, my dad always said, you know, you don't trust the market. Okay, well, dad was wrong, okay? Dad was just wrong. So let's talk about it. And then we can learn and grow. So I do think there's a little bit of we shut ourselves down, as I was talking about, you know, basically at the start of the show, we shut ourselves down, and 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 get in into these this mode, like like the gold mode. Everything's going to heck in a handbasket. I got to buy gold, and I'm going to read more and dive more instead of understanding a broader picture. That everything's not perfect, but it's we're not dead yet. That's that's anyway great. Great, great, great email point question. Thank you. And it kind of defines really sometimes where we are, doesn't it? You know, where people are in their own mind about investing. And, and it just, again, it doesn't matter if it's about investing. Maybe it's about somebody else's political opinion, too. That, that we, you know, I've got a hard time, you know, sometimes with people that don't believe anything close to what I believe, and I need to try to at least understand that. Try. Not not shut it down. That doesn't make me smarter to have more data why they're stupid. doesn't make me smarter at all. All right, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. Very, very, very good. All right, I I I have this other question that came up, too, and I wanted to just quickly, before we take our final break, and give people a chance to call if they'd like. And that is, I don't want to invest in Schwab because they're ESG. Okay, I understand that, but you're not. And this this has come up. I don't like Schwab. Well, because that's our that's our clearing firm. It was TD, which nobody had a problem with because guess what they didn't they didn't state anything. But they were they were ESG too. And I I didn't didn't want them to go away. Thought it was a bad thing. And it is. Your number one competitor is gone. Does not make it better for customers. So our clearing firm went from TD to Schwab, and we get this question. And I think it's an important overall question. Why do I want to invest in them? Well, you're not. They, they, they custody your assets. It's not an investment in them. They just happen to be the ones that hold your mutual funds and ETFs and stocks in an account. And, of course, there's others. But unfortunately, right now, there's not a lot of others, and um, they're, they're all ESG. Maybe they're not loudly ESG, and I think Schwab has learned the lesson of BlackRock and others, that babbling about things that don't matter and babbling things about that you have no business babbling about, Just just hold the assets and shut up. And they're learning that lesson. But the point here is understanding where we're directing our frustration is Schwab an ESG company I, I'm sure they proclaim it in lots of things it's important I guess for employees to to think that you know they're improving the planet or whatever it is by custodying assets in a globally friendly way whatever that means I, I don't even know what that means what in the world does it mean? We're ESG. Oh, so you hire all the right people. in the? I got you. Okay, so you hire people that are not very competent just because they check a box. Perfect. That's not good for your business, and people are stopping doing that. But it has nothing to do with custody or my relationship with the company. So, again, we need to be careful with what we're assigning things to. Does it matter? Am I virtue signaling? or does it matter? You know in other words, I don't want to do that. So okay, but does it matter? Are you making a difference? That's the thing we want to really think about. So it, again, it's custodying assets is not a managing your money. You don't like petsofinancial. Financial, you don't like petso Financial. That's fine. That's understandable, okay? People have different opinions, opinions about things we're the ones managing the money. They just hold on to it. Doesn't matter what they're doing. So, all of those things put wrapped together to simply say, let's be careful where we we are putting our emphasis. I don't think it makes sense to even w- think one minute about ESG. Companies are or aren't is not necessarily what produces. It's like saying I don't want to own Apple stock. I'm glad I did. They're definitely ESG. So's Google. So's Amazon. Are they, or are they pretending to be? They're pretending to be. These are bloodthirsty capitalists, believe me. They pretend to be, because it's, it's important to the engineers in Silicon Valley to pretend that you're making some impact on the climate or whatever. So they, they're virtue signaling, but it's not, it doesn't how, it's not how they run their business. And that's what's important. And I, w- I just want to own the winners. I don't think about whether they're ESG. When I think about ESG or what I want to support, I want to support groups that I want to support. And I do, I take some of those profits and I plow them into organizations that are changing lives. That's what I want to do. You want to plow it into an education for your grandkids? That's fantastic. You want to plow it into a trip around the world? Do so, all of that. And and, and and that's the point I'm making though with that is that ESG is like I, I think it's I think it's now becoming a relic of the past almost. It's going away, but let's not get caught up in it either way. Either way. Because we make bad investment decisions. It just doesn't do us any good. And it really is virtuous signaling to own or not to own a company. It is. All right, our number is five eight oh K I D O. We'll be right back. Final break. And hopefully, we'll take your calls on the other side. We'll be right back. Yeah, we're winding down. A couple of uh, final thoughts here um, as we're running. Our, uh, running. The clock is running. Yeah, I started the program with a discussion last night that about gold. And, and I'm, I'm not here to beat up gold. I'm really not. I just think it's really super important for us to actually put it in its right context. Okay? So you want to own gold? okay own it but if if something's sole purpose is an inflationary hedge then it ought to have ought to be a good inflationary hedge right it should be like man killed it inflation went up killed it my gold went up a ton now i happen to mention 1980 because that's when i started in the business so 44 years ago Gold was at eight hundred dollars an ounce. It's two thousand now, so it's gone up two and a half times. So when we sit and think about that versus, say, the S and P five hundred, forget about the Dow. You know, I always talk about because it it's it's kind of weird, but it was at eight hundred also uh, on the index, and and we all know it's you know thirty seven thousand or something like that now thirty eight. It's ridiculously high, and that's without dividends reinvested. Right? So one way to look at that, if you will, is to say, what would gold be at if it had simply kept up with inflation from 1980 for 44 years, which is what its entire job is, right? That's its, I am an investment for inflation. That's what I do, okay? that's Because it doesn't produce anything, and that's a really important point, okay? It produces no dividends, no interest, nothing. It looks really pretty, of course, on your spouse. But that's it. Inflationary hedge. Gold should be at 3200 an ounce right now just to equal inflation. So on the only thing it does, it has not succeeded. Not in the 44 years, the last 44 years. And as I look at it, for 200 years, it hasn't succeeded at that either. It's not I look at it like I made up the numbers. What I'm saying is it has not kept up with inflation for 200 years or the last 44. But we're buzzing about gold again. And I'm not. I'm confused because it has a long, long history of not working to do the only thing that it is supposed to do because it isn't really an investment because it doesn't produce anything. So anyway, as we contrast that, if we take $800 and put it in the S&P 500, okay, and we took our dividends and reinvested them, it's at 95000 in the same 44-year period, not at 2000 It's at 95000 And you don't think that's going to produce, like, quite a bit of income now? That's why. That's why. Just we got to think about these things. That's all. Where's our block? Where's our block? We all have them. I do, too. All right. That's it. We're about done. If you have any comments, questions, petsofinancial.com. That's where we're at, and I hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.